The Evolve Pod is brought to you by TriceFromCoaching.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Evolve Pod. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back. Been a little while since we recorded any episodes, but yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck into a new a new series. My guest today has been on the pod a couple of times already. I'm going to introduce him in a little bit. But first of all, I would love it if you could share the podcast with somebody you know, whether that's a friend, family member, colleague, anybody who you think this pod will benefit, I'd really appreciate a share. If you listen on iTunes, please don't hesitate to leave a really nice review or a a critical review. It's up to you. But the more reviews we get, the the more people get to listen to the podcast. So that's the, uh, the admin done. My guest today is a very good friend of mine. He's been a real support to me over the last few years, and I'm really pleased to have him on. And it's probably not the last time we're going to have him on the blog because he's a super interesting, super inspirational guy. Dan, welcome back to the pod. How are you, mate? Oh, dude, thanks for that introduction. That's that's cracking. Um, yeah, I'm really well. I'm really well considering that uh, I just turned 42 last week, had a bit of a mad party on Friday, um and did the reeking challenge uh i what nearly eight ten days ago i think so yeah doing well life life's pretty pretty good at the moment considering those two things so the reeking challenge we're going to get into and turning 42 and having a big party you're looking very fresh for the benefit of the listener dan is actually looking very fresh and very trim and very happy which is really really nice to see i know you've had your ups and downs over the years but you seem to be in a really really good place at the moment which is part of the reason why i wanted to get you on because i wanted to talk about the recon challenge what that means for you and and the kind of the greater good that running and exercise continues to give you um we've spoken a lot on the podcast before about your background in particular danimal the problems with you know the issues you've had with mental health and various addictions etc so it's really good to have you on to talk about something that really, really positive that you've been able to kind of to achieve. Now, can you explain to the listeners what the Reekin 24 by 24 actually is? OK, yeah. So it was an idea that uh, I sort of looked up. It's a local hill near me. It's about 407 metres high. So what's that? 1400 feet. Um, and it's quite a landmark for, for, uh, for in Shropshire and there's all sorts of sayings and mythology around it. And um, I can't remember, it must have been, it must have been what, nearly two years ago, I thought the idea, maybe. I, you know, the, my whole calendar's like crazy because we've had like a year and eight, or 18 months off and stuff. But this idea sort of came around, is it possible to run up and down the reek in 24 times in 24 hours? And I'd been looking to see if anyone done, had done it before. And there was a couple of people who attempted it. And the most attempts that ever happened was 16 times. And then for whatever reason, injury or whatever, they bailed on 16. And I was kind of like, OK, so it's 16. 16 seems to be the benchmark. And then I did lots of training for it. And I was going to go and do it last year. Um, and then COVID happened. It got postponed. It got postponed. Kind of, you know, when you sort of build up these events and you're telling everyone you're going to do it. And then you kind of you put it into this great big picture, don't you? And then it's even bigger than what it is. And then it got postponed. I was kind of that's great because I can just do a little bit more training because you never feel quite ready. 
and that happened a couple of times. And then this this other guy, I wish I could remember his name now, but um, he's called Delta Sierra on on his Instagram and stuff. And he went and smashed it and did 24 times in 20, 21 hours, 15 minutes, 21 hours, 13 minutes, which was phenomenal. And I was like, one side of me was, damn it, someone's beating me to the, the first time <laughs> of do it, officially doing it. Yeah. As, you know, as a competitive person that I am, and then the other side is like, okay, it's like that bit, uh, Roger Bannister, the four minute mile, like someone's cracked it. I, you know, it's it's definitely possible. And then I let it lie for a bit longer. And I was kind of had the excuse of, oh, it's COVID. I won't go and run it yet. I'll put it off. But always in my back, in my mind, I was knew I was raising money for Telford Mine and, you know, um, uh, suicide prevention and awareness of uh, male suicide. So I kind of had that weighing on me. And it wasn't until I was working recently at a running event, a hundred mile running event as a medic um, and seeing what these people have pushed them through for a hundred miles. And it was insane. Like it was, it was, it was everything. And, and it was that looking at people and how, especially the people, the participants running in it, but also the people at the crew stations and how like ultimately positive and like concise and blunt with their, with their, sort of care for these people at care stations you know guys we're at mile 88 and they've got 12 miles to go and all they want to do is sit down and chat and, and you've got to go you've got to get out you've got to do this kind of thing and and then you know also on the other side is a medic dealing with some of the injuries one guy slipped and he was concussed he didn't know how long he was blacked out for and he walked the next three and a half four miles to the checkout to the to the checkpoint where i was at and he kind of like wow that's that's just a testament to itself you know and that all compounded and then yeah and then I chose to do the reaching 24 by 24 so it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of so uh, as for people who want to know the sort of the numbers for it it's just shy of 20,000 feet so 6,000 meters just over 6,000 meters just shy of 20,000 feet it is six just just fractionally over 65 miles and the fraction's really important because that last that last descent was 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 interesting um <laughs> and my goal was to do it in 24 hours um and I had a pay I had an idea of how I was going to achieve that I kind of wasn't going in there naively and just going to bang it out um but yeah so that was it. it was it was 65 miles and a bit it was just shy of 20,000 feet of elevation and it was to be done in in 24 hours which you know and it was repetitive up this hill and the, the trail up there the main sort of path up is is horrific it's um it's steep all of it's steep there's a couple of really flat sections on there but most of it's steep and it's like it's like a concreted uh, old school concreted road up there so they can get they, it's just a service road to the top for this big aerial that sits up there and it's it's you know going up is okay going up is okay coming down is by oh, your quads just burn man so that yeah and it all came together you know after we'd done Snowden six ways challenge and it was just wanting to give back um i had you know one of a friend of mine who i worked with a colleague years ago who took his life recently and it's just kind of having that making my why to do these what people think are crazy things uh uh just making it out there that people can have awareness and, and just to get people talking about mental health not just with guys but with everybody and just giving that awareness that actually we do need to all chat and and share because 
we got to help people and that's that's ultimately the the, the why of everything that i do is just to help people realize actually life is far more important when you're living and much more fun apparently yeah 100 <laughs> percent. it's such a powerful and important message though it really is and you know i think um there's a lot of people now talking about it and there's a lot of people pioneering it and championing championing this message but we could do with more i think it's a really really important message and it's really good to have a powerful reason why because i really think it adds to a few things which we're going to get into on 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 this pod the um you mentioned earlier about you never quite think you're ready how does that work then because i i'm i was part of the whatsapp group of getting this getting on board with this challenge and um i think you gave everybody a week <laughs> to come and to come and support you i think it was kind of like right let's go i'm going to do this challenge everyone's like okay great when next weekend yeah um <laughs> So normally with, you know, with my athletes that I coach, with, you know, with me personally, we have a bit of a build up towards an event. How, how was it? How did you kind of come to that point where you're like, OK, right. Essentially, fuck it. I'm ready. I'm going to have a go this weekend. Uh, yeah, that's kind of so it was, it was about three days after that ultra event I was working on. And it was just one of those moments. I don't know. Do you know when you just that internal dialogue or the, the you know, there's a voice inside your head, you know, you connect to something that's not you, but it is you. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. it said, well, you've got to go and do the Reekin next weekend. And it was, it all fit. And I'm standing there going, well, this is a really weird feeling. You know, it's middle of the day, the sun's hot. And I'm sort of standing there going, okay, that's, that's the message. I have to go and do it. I've, I've put it off too long. I've made excuses to myself. Um, I've got all my dopamine fixes by telling people I'm going to do it. And I could keep living in that area and keep going, I'm going to do it then, I'm going to do it then, and I'm going to do it then. And it was just actually, you know, come on, mate, pull your finger out. You've told all these people, you've raised all this money, just go and fucking do it. And it was it was like clarity. And I knew at that moment I had to do it. And I knew it was going to be this, this that weekend. Naomi, my wife's like, I wish you'd been more prepared because I could have got this ready, could have got that ready. Everyone else who tried to come and like yourself was like, oh, wow, that's that, you know could have given us a bit longer and I was like I kind of you, you, it, that's well that's the way I work though I'm kind of just off the cuff and, and go and just do it um yeah hindsight I, I could have could have planned a bit better in a way a couple of things but overall the whole thing when the people that came together like my mate Dave the other night we were talking and uh, he was just talking about like how the team supported me and uh, it was he was like we're the collection of energy that surrounds us, and I, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. That saying, because thinking, looking back at doing the doing the challenge in the Reekin Twenty Four by Twenty Four, it wasn't me that was running it all by myself. I had a I had a team there, as you know, when you have a team to support you, it's them are a massive massive part of it. You're just kind of the face of it, and the one that pushes themselves out to do those those silly ideas so yeah it just came around and I was like well now's the time there's you know the the, the hours are getting longer at night time um kind of scared of the dark a little bit <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I needed to and I just needed to get it done and it was just that moment it was just that moment where you just go right now is now I think there's a certain element of you you know when you're ready you just know and if you've got if you you know you're ready you give yourself a week then then so be it I think that's um how how does it feel in terms of confidence to to when you started the run, you know, that you were felt fit, you felt strong, you felt decent. Did you feel like, okay, this is right? I've I've done the pick the right time, I've picked the right day. 50-50, that is. I was I was 
my training's changed a lot recently. I've sort of backed off the running quite a bit. Um, I've been doing little short little burst running, but I've been doing lots of strength and conditioning. Um, and that's I found that really hard to sort of implement in my running sort of training program. I don't do a training program, whatever you want me, just getting out and running. And then adding the strength and conditioning in, the last couple of runs I did up and down the Recon, just quick firing ones, like it, I was quick. And I'd never realised how quick I was. I never had that confidence. So when I laced up my trainers and started on that first bit, it was 50-50. One part of me was confident in the fact I knew I was fairly strong. I knew I've, I know I've got a stubborn mindset. But then it's like that first mile, that first few ascents. There's, your body just goes, why are you doing this? And everything tweaks, even though it's not, you haven't had an injury there for like years or whatever. A little bit hurts on your foot or your knee starts rubbing or you've done up your shoes too tight or something. something oh, and you're just thinking, why am I doing this now? Am I, am I prepared? You go, your mind, you've got to go, yeah, you are totally. Just undo your shoelace and redo it. That pain in your foot is going to go in a minute. Don't even think about that. Um and so all of that and those first few bits, there was more, and I kind of like it though, there was more doubt in the first sort of ascent, maybe two ascents, even though it was great, the guy running with me, Chris Cox was running with me, but in my mind, that internal dialogue, it was like, oh, have I bitten off a bit more than I can chew? And then that slowly dissipates because you get there, you get the first one done and then you get the second one done. You're right, right, okay, I'm into it now. And your body's switched on and you can kind of get into that flow state. and yeah, and, and people just, you know, people just turned up on a whim to come and run with me. The guy, Chris, who ran the first leg, he decided he wanted to run the second leg and was trying to get out of his appointments that day to run a third, <laughs> um, which was a real buzz. That was like, then that takes you away from your, what, you're, what you're thinking. So answer to your question, yeah, I was, I was completely nervous. I was 50-50 whether I was ready or not, but I knew I wouldn't not uh finish. i knew i'd finish it you know as the as the challenge went went on you've talked about the sort of the doubts and then the kind of the growth i found in long events that i've done before you have like this there's almost three sides of you or three parts of you you have the kind of the doubting side of you that's quite loud sometimes then you have the super confident side of you that's really loud sometimes and then you have this kind of being in the middle, which is trying to kind of balance the both best of both and kind of keep yourself on quite an even kind of mindset. Um, did you? How did you sort of deal with that? Um, that? I think sheer stubbornness and sort of the ability not to project too much in the future. That was one of my mental training things that I've been doing a lot. It's a lot of mental training as well. And it's it's sort of being able to be in the moment and focus really closely on what is happening right now um and so projecting forward like i used to when i'm running i used to try and work out how far i'm going you know the distance the pace and all this and i used to, I, I i loved it on one side because that's how my brain works but on the other side it was kind of really detrimental to what i'm trying to achieve so i was always more on the side of the, the sort of meeting in the middle was always sort of way to the more i can do this i'm really stubborn um you're not going to fail kind of bit whereas the, the sort of on the other side which you were saying is is like all the doubts so try to avoid the doubts as much as possible and my little trick was to like every for every negative thought that I had so the first half went really well I was smashing out 45 minutes up and down quite easily was feeling really really strong so they they were like that was bagging me time 
And then the, the little voice was saying, they're going, all oh, working it out, going, oh, you could beat the FKT. You could beat the FKT. And I was like, <laughs> stop that. Because then that's just going to change everything. And you, you know what it's like, that little yeah. thing. You have, to put, you have to put it in an envelope and go, okay, I know it's there. And you air it to the person's running with you. You go, but it's not mine. That's not my goal. And it will go, yes, it is your goal. And you're like, no, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> So it is a battle of mind. So my little trick, my little trick was to every time there was a negative thought, so it was just over halfway, some people have left some chocolate for me. Oh, and do you know when you just crave, it's that they like they message you on my phone and you kind of read they've left chocolate. So I was thinking of Cadbury's chocolate. I was just thinking, I can't wait to eat chocolate, it's gonna be amazing. And I get down to my van, it's quite dark, and I'm looking on my van, and there's these lot little like chocolate orange things, and I was like, Well, I know I shouldn't eat too many of them. And before I've known, I've eaten probably six or seven of these things. And I'm like, oh, they're really fatty and just like not great. They're great for the people dropping them off. And I'm totally grateful for them. But my 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 addictive personality just what chowed them all down. And it was the next sort of two or three ascents that were really bloody dark. And and my body's going to like it wants to be sick. I could feel this low level nausea and I didn't bring any like ginger tea or anything like that. And, and that was the moment it was the first dark stage had happened. And it was a lot earlier than I kind of imagined. And so my every time there was a negative thought of like, there was no thought I couldn't do this, but there was just lots of negative, you know, your, your body saying, well, just chill out, relax, you know, do it slowly, go like this. Um, and I sort of backed that, I changed that with, with every negative thought. I would try and think of 10 positive things to keep me going whether that had to do with the race at the time or my kids or, or, or music I was going to listen to on my iPhone, I had to make sure with every negative thought, there would be 10 positive ones. And, and that really helped a lot because I was listening to a podcast a while ago and they say your brain is like this health and safety officer in your body and your brain just wants to go, you've got an hour you need, you need to stop now. Whereas your mind can go, oh, it doesn't hurt that much. I've been here before I can keep going. And it's that constant battle. And I, you know, they said whether you, you're basically have three negative thoughts um, compared to one positive thought. And so I was like, well, I can flip that one eight and I'm just going to go like what I normally do is just add an extra load on it. So it's 10 positive thoughts, which is a really good way of breaking out of the negativity and the dark spot, because that was that was tough. Um, and, you know, I also had that bit where people oh, the the crew that with me who turned up. So mate chris cox ian wheeler um john large uh my mate wilsey my wife naomi she came and did it she came and did a couple with me as well that was kind of really that was actually really really nice it wasn't kind of nice it was really nice because it was a really steady pace where i needed to slow down and kind of change the gears a little bit and then through the middle of the night that was okay got a bit weird got a bit weird where you you've reached like you've been going I know, 15, 16 hours. So it was probably around about, I think the last person left me was 3.30 in the morning. And for the last sort of two ascents with him, it got a bit trippy because I'm walking down and, and these bats are just one bit. And that was another thing, like using the environment to to find positivity. And because we had the big, like our big headlamps on head torches, as they were shining, they were like the bugs would fly into them and then the bats would come like flying, I mean, like centimetres in front of your face. And that was a really positive bit because coming coming back down past the halfway house and down the steep bits and stuff like that, you needed something to distract you from your, the, 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 the pain in your legs and your, your feet that were hurting. And that was kind of a really, that was a really good distraction. 
there in, in, in that way. Um, and then I had, and then I had a few hours on my own, which I was kind of relishing because I'd been with people all the time and I hadn't tested where I was as in my mind, how, how far I could go um, with having people there because you're always having conversation and they know whether to drop in and have a laugh or, you know, check in with you. And, you know, when you come down to the food thing, that was, you know, my nutrition, I <laughs> should see my van. It was, Basically, I took a sponsor in donuts from Tesco's or wherever I bought them from. I'd like I'd about 30 <laughs> different donuts in there. Thankfully, I didn't eat hardly as much as I, you know, the panic buying, because I always have a bit of panic buying when it comes to food um, and realised I didn't eat half the stuff. But it was good to have people to check in and go, right, have I had a drink? They're like, no, you need this drink. Have I eaten? You've eaten that. What else do I need? Well, I think you might need that kind of thing. That was that was a massive help. I don't know how I would have managed that without the people around me um and the timing there right i only want to be here for three minutes and not checking my watch when i get there and i'm like how long have you been there like dan you've been here two minutes so you ready to go kind of thing um and then it was like the generosity of strangers you know in the early stage of it i'll rewind a bit i'll go back to sort of in the art in the day because i started at 10 a.m so you get all your walkers and runners up there you get people you see regularly who go up there and you, you know faces you don't know them too well because you're obviously going in different directions and you've got your own kind of timetable with running up and down with these guys when i've been training um and people stop and right how you doing mate you're right and stop to chat with people and they're like oh and i've got it all plastered over my van what i'm raising money for telford mines um and then people come and tell their stories and there was one guy called john walker who's an old boy probably in his 60s late 60s maybe who just showed me all the scars up his arm where he self-harmed and he was just really grateful for the fact that I was raising awareness for some of the pain that he went through and where he'd been you know helped by Telford Mines and then you meet other people who stop and want to chat and just giving you like literally emptying their pockets to give you money to 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 help you know Telford Mines help your cause and your why kind of thing and that was like they were they were the bits also when I was in my dark place, I was like, okay, these guys have just spoken to you. You've got a real human contact with yeah, and a connection with these people. And you use that as your fuel and your fire. And you, that's your why, you know, your why is much bigger than the reasons to quit. It's that quote you have and you've given me is it's, it's that, that was running through, running through my mind. So like just, and, and then <laughs> the fanfare of my mates at the top of the hill who've gone up and, They'd made big ginger beer face masks. They had a, a bloody great big banner as well that said "Go Down." And every time I ran up there, they had a different, like a, a different song, to, like a motivational song to sing me that was made up by my kids and, and and them. And so those bits during the day were were the fuel that kept me going through the the harder times. And then you know it got to three thirty, and everyone had left. It wasn't too cold. The weather was it was fine, really kind to me. And then I had those that time on my own. I was like, right, a bit of music, listen to a bit of music. And then the music really wasn't kind of doing it for me. And I thought I'd just run a few on my own. And then that's like, I wouldn't say the wheels fell off completely, but there was definitely, I hit a pothole where everything was a bit slow and I'd slowed right up. And I was like walking these bits and, and I was, I was like well out of my area. I was, I was like, by slowest I wanted to be was an hour and five minutes on an up and down. And that was that's quite a slow pace. And I was missing that by 10 minutes on some of them. And I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. And then and then 
the kind of hallucinations started happening of like <laughs> seeing hedgehogs like in the, that I thought were head, right there, clear as day. Now I've done drugs that make you hallucinate, and it's kind of but this was <laughs> like, I hadn't done anything, and I could see stuff like there was hedgehogs. And I remember staring at this this empty patch in the path of my walking pole, poking this, and it was nothing there. It wasn't a hedgehog, and then looking up and seeing like giant slugs and snails and caterpillars like not massive ones but size of the football and stuff like that and I was like what's going on and you've got to try and mentally slap yourself out of it because I've never been there that's that was probably just because I've been up for so long moving so consistently moving so I never stopped for longer than nine minutes on the whole thing it was it was usually a two minute stop or a, or a five minute stop or the occasional one where I'm getting the pot noodle, pot noodle ready it was a nine minute one so hitting that wall emotionally that was tough physically I'd gone past all the physical pains once I'd once I'd like gone over halfway I knew it was all in my head it was all easy from down there because I'd done uh, every time I was going now the number was getting smaller so physically I I didn't feel like I was burnt out at that point but mentally I was a bit fried but I knew I had to keep going I knew I had to keep going and and there was one bit that nearly it nearly actually broke me was coming up and I was like I got the timings wrong for when the sun was rising and so I'm climbing up and I'm like I I need the sun do you know when you just need that morning to break and you're through that end and and that but you know it doesn't matter how fucking tired hungry mentally drained you are you know as soon as that sun comes up there's something in our our biological clock that connects to that and you're like woo. And I'm climbing up and I'm thinking, shit, it's still so bloody dark up here. It's so dark. What am I going to do? And I get to the top and I'm like, well, I want to hang around because I know the sun's going to come up, but it's still dark. And I was like, check my watch. And I was like trying to work out on my watch, like the sunrise time. And I couldn't quite get that right. And I'm pressing all these buttons. Finally get it. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm like 45 minutes to an hour too early, man. The sun's not up. And that nearly broke me. I remember the walk down. I can remember physically and mentally just like you know when your head droops and it's like it was like a gut punch it just everything goes down and you're like what I've got to go up again I don't know if I've got it in me and I get down to my van I think I drink some coke and I start plodding back up and I'm right I've got to pull my finger out here but this bit's tough this bit's tough man and uh, I see a torch behind me and this, this is about it must have been about half five in the morning I don't I can't remember I see this torch behind me. I'm thinking, oh, maybe someone said they're going to turn up. Maybe it's one of them. And I'm thinking, yes, please be somebody. And I turn around. And this is old boy. He's, like, he's 84 years of age. It's ridiculously early in the morning. And he comes barreling past me. And I'm, I'm like, hi, you're not one of my support crew. He's like, no, uh, are you OK? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Trying to muster this, like, looking like I, I was I just out normally kind of thing. <laughs> And off he strides, off into the distance. And I'm thinking, how the hell, how the hell has he done that? So I couldn't keep up with him. And then finally, halfway up, someone does join me and I can hear, is that Dan? I'm like, oh, yes, it is. And it was my other mate, Dan, who turned up. And I almost cried at that point because I was just like, I needed you. I needed you right now. And we get to the top and the sun's rising. And it was, um, oh, that was beautiful, that moment. That was like we had the most amazing sunrise of like these really vivid oranges and reds and I remember sort of plodding down and, and that at that point everything had 
gone. All the aches, all the physical pains, that the emotional tiredness, the mental strain of it all had completely dissipated when that sun had come up. And I was like, right. And I put in a little jog and I felt like, you know, you hear of it in ultra runners when they go and they're like, they've been running the hardest few miles and then their last sort of three or four miles they put in like seven minute miles or something stupid like that. I can understand. I can, I, I sort of can relate to all of that. And bear in mind, this is the longest run I've ever done in my life. I think the longest we did that I've done with you was probably with you on, on the Snowden Six Ways, but I had about two hours sleep or something like that between it all. And it was, yeah, it was quite, and I remember coming down the hill and then one of my other mates turned up, Rich, he turned up and then, and then the kids had met me, like Naomi and the kids and, you know what that's like. You can't hold back the tears. And I was that was it. I was like, oh, and they, they thought I was on my last one. So they're like, yeah, well done, Dad. And I'm like, no, I've got one more to go. <laughs> and they were like, really? I was like, yes. Yeah. So we all held hands and we walked up nice and slowly with the kids. And then the last section, the last top bit flattens out. And it's probably about 200 metres, maybe. And I had my eldest daughter holding my hand, like Maggie, and, and we ran to the summit. And it was, it was, bloody amazing and you know i felt like a bag of shit at that point because i've let all my emotions down and then your brain goes the brain goes um you've still got to go down yet dan you still got down to go and i was like oh. and everyone's like yeah well done i'm like no it's not over yet i've still got to go down and by that point you know you've been out on the trail too long because it's i was repeating the route up and down is when you start naming the bits between the stones on the path and that's when you realise you've been there too long. And it was just a hard waddle down. And then you get to meet the early morning walkers who'd seen you the day before. And they're coming up to walk up as well. And, and it's kind of that getting down to the van and just being there. And, and in a way, it was kind of an anti-climax, but I kind of wanted it that way. Because you just go into your van and you sort of hold your hand and there's, you're tired and exhausted. You're not really thinking straight. It's all a bit blurry. Everyone's patting you on the back. There's no mat. I didn't have a massive fanfare, which would have just been really weird and awkward. I think I had the right people there at the right time, and I'm climbing in the van, and I was sat there, and I was like, "I've bloody done this. I've bloody done this." And and I was like two or three hours out from. I think I did. I did 22 hours, 43 minutes, 44 minutes, something like that. And yeah, I remember just sitting there, just totally overwhelmed by it all. And then, you know, you're like, well, if I can do that, what's next? Like, no, well, you've, got to, you've got to go to bed, Dan. <laughs> well, I, I, I really hope you listen back to that, what you've just spoken about for the last, I don't know, I don't know how long it's taken, but it's really beautiful the way you can put that all together, the memories of like the ups and downs and the easy bits, the hard bits. You know, I think that the old man in the morning coming by you was like a... a what I don't know a godsend of perspective <laughs> uh, and oh, it's um what a great challenge what a great cool challenge to have to have undertaken and I think one of the big things I've taken from what you've just talked about there is when you really understand your reasons why before doing an event and training for an event or a challenge whatever that challenge may be during the challenge, if there's ways in which you can tap into those reasons why, like the man showing you his arm, for example, yeah, that is better than any energy gel, better than any shot of coffee, better than any nutrition plan. That is 
that sort of stuff is what really gives you the get up and go to carry on and do what you challenge yourself to do. And I think the, the kind of the ultra endurance sort of mindset works in a very kind of quite clear, but quite a weird way like that. Yeah. I find it yeah. really, really interesting. So you mentioned it there, like what is next? Oh, well, there's a few things, you know, you kind of think like overall, I look back on that. I digest. I didn't talk about it really for a week afterwards after I completed it. Um, because I wasn't really like I, something you said. You, you said sort of digest it first before you think about anything because it will just play out in your mind. And so I digested what had happened and sort of bisected bits and looked really closely at who I was and what actually we are all capable of. And, and sort of, you know, going into the beginning of it, there's always going to be doubt. Whatever race you go into, whether it's like you're running your first 5K, 10K or whatever, half marathon, whatever you're doing, whatever, you, even if it's your first run for a mile, you're always going to bloody doubt yourself. You're always going to go, oh, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. Because that's your brain telling you, well, you know, your brain's just doing, giving you risk management and saying, look, you can always do more. But actually, when I was out there, I realised that, you know, we are all massively capable of, so much more than we believe we can and when I was out there and physically it wasn't that physically it wasn't that bad if I'm really honest with myself there was a couple of times my legs were kind of heavy but that was just the terrain I didn't feel physically tired like as in my muscles fatigued um, which was weird in a way they did ache for a couple of days afterwards I won't lie but at the time I was like, yeah, there's a lot more in the tank. And then mentally, like I I got to a I got to a point where I wanted to get to, which was kind of out of my mind a bit. And and that sort of deep down stubbornness and positive mindset of moving forward and making sure I laugh lots. Um, and I digested all of that. And then you go, oh, you know, I could have done that bit better, or what's <laughs> next? You, you know, and you do and you do that, and it's natural because you're you're you want to improve everything we do, don't we? That's the kind of, that's what humans do. They want to improve and make themselves a little bit better each time. So what's next? Well, I've got a race coming up that's been postponed for two years now. I'm not really sure. So that's the Lakes in a Day 50 miler. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the stats on that now. I think it's like 4,000 metres of elevation over 50 miles across the Lake District, um, which is kind of exciting. Uh, there's a couple of people who... Um, I worked with recently who are going to be running it as a mate of mine I haven't seen for I don't know 15 years who's going to be running it with me which is going to be good um, and then there's just the other personal stuff I, I realise we spoke a lot about it it's like entering events I love the camaraderie and the, the family of people you get to meet at events but I don't always want to pay for them like maybe it's me being tight I don't know but sometimes you can put a lot more pressure on yourself when you're going to an event and I really like where my feet can take me on my own kind of thing. And so I'm going to, I was meant to be doing this year, but we changed because COVID and everything. I was meant to be going to do the, um, uh, the Offers Dyke race, which is 217 miles. Well, it's not a, there is a race, but I was going to do it off my own back. So that's still in the pipeline coming up next spring. I might even do it in winter time just for shits and giggles. Cause it'll be even harder. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I realise I'm a sucker for pain. Yeah, I realise that actually that kind of what what's possible, what my limits are. 
I've, I've realized that whatever my life has pushed me through, I, I, also this confidence thing, whatever my life's pushed me through and achieving the reeking, um, I, I realize there's a whole lot left in me to do a whole lot more and inspire lots more people. Um, what that is, yeah, I don't know. So that I just, it's, it's dreaming, isn't it? As we dream, we have these plans. You and I have had quite many talks about these what what people consider as crazy adventures but actually i think every everybody can do it i would really like to set something up i'd really like to set the reekin race up like i've just done i'd really like to set up the reekin 24 and the reekin 12 which would be how many times you can do it in 12 hours or how many times you can do it in 24 hours um just to test people and you know also just been really thinking about you get a lot of time to think when you're doing these long races thinking about what i would like to do you know for for people and and maybe set up some sort of uh not-for-profit kind of run venture company where we can just take people out and get people to reach their goals um you know coastal running and stuff like that people don't really run and try and build a program to help them realize their potential um these are all sort of pipeline things but then you know as in the running stuff yeah there's there's lots out there like everywhere and go oh, just go and run man you know what it's like you get into Definitely. it and yeah, you just yeah. want to you see stuff and I, I you know I, I was speaking to a guy who just run across scotland in 93 hours you know and it's just you, you just like wow there's stories out there and you go well i've just that's that's the 200 he said it was 230 odd miles or something he did and i was like oh god that's what i've got to go to next <laughs> that's insane so, yeah, it's pretty mad. There's one goal I really, really would like to achieve, um, and that is to run 100 miles in less than 24 hours. That's like a big kind of milestone for me. Um, yeah, that's 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 like the challenge. I like the challenges, and I think everyone does who puts himself into these places is not knowing whether you're going to succeed or not, and it's that overcoming. Because when I was younger, if, if I knew I wasn't going to succeed at it, I wouldn't do it which is really kind of negative and detrimental. So it's, it's yeah, finding stuff nowadays and sort of rewiring myself and going, okay, yeah, it's not, if I don't feel like it's 100% possible, I want to do it, which is a bit mad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, man, well, like you say, though, like running the world is the oyster, really. You can, yeah. you can go anywhere on two feet. Just, just make the most of it. And I think um, there's a lot of people listening to this that you'll definitely be inspiring to, to challenge themselves to get out there and, and have some fun with it as well and moving moving away from running kind of wrapping up i suppose i know you you've got like daily routines that kind of keep yourself positive keep yourself in the right mindset what top three things would you recommend to people listening that they try and implement into their daily habits their daily routines okay so the straight away right there the first one is a cold shower every day every morning like that has been unbelievably one of the best setups for my day whether my, i'm feeling my biggest regret was when we went to wales and you went for a cold dip in the morning and i backed yeah. out i declined and that's, that's always been kind of all right why did i do that yeah man yeah so i think cold showers i think people just get into cold showers because that's a that's a mind game in itself but actually there's the benefits from that uh like i hardly drink coffee or caffeine nowadays because of that so that's amazing um and it just sets sets you up for the day so that's that's one of them in the morning 
the other one is when I'm like making, I make like a rooibos cup of tea or a lemon cup of tea in the morning. Um, it's doing doing my exercises, doing 10, 15 minutes of exercises while breakfast is getting ready or while the tea's brewing. You know, I just do that. I'll do like 10 pull-ups. Well, that's a lie. I can only manage seven pull-ups. And I'm sure when I was younger, <laughs> I could do about 15. But I, I'm stuck at this level of just being able to do seven. So I do them. I do like, you know, squats and calf raises. And they're like the two morning main ones I've stuck to relentlessly and obviously having a good breakfast that's you know i do that um and then the evening one that's really i, I was never a journal writer ever and i've got it by my bed there it is the five year oh, nice, yeah. gratitude journal thing and and you asked you asked Naomi, my wife about my journal problem um as you go around this house you'll probably find something like 30 40 maybe 50 journals or notepads that have been written in four or five pages in each of them me thinking i'm a big kind of journal writer and it's, and it's all been bullshit um but i changed this i don't know how it changed i think someone said to me why don't you just write your journal your gratitude journal before you go to bed and i was like oh, whatever and i did that and i've written in it since the first of january this year every day up until today um and just being just writing one sentence about my day and then things i'm grateful for so yeah it would be cold showers exercise while you're making your cup of tea and having your or getting your ready breakfast ready in the morning and it would be writing a gratitude journal or being grateful finding space to be grateful and i do that before i go to bed and those things some of the stuff i've done has fallen away but they're they've been the foundation of of what i've what has stuck and helped me through daily um and it's yeah and they're really they're really easy they mostly just take no longer than five or ten minutes yeah, you know yeah yeah so well look mate thanks so much again for coming on and and sharing your experience sharing your wealth of knowledge um i mean you continue to, to inspire me and i'm sure you continue to inspire a lot of people out there including my listeners and forever appreciate that where can people donate because i'm sure you're just giving is still open for for your challenge yeah, so just giving it'll be uh, just giving forward slash fundraising forward slash Dan Warmsley two or just type in just giving and Dan Warmsley. So Dan Warmsley spelt W A L M S L E Y. Um, I'm always slow at that because I took on my wife's surname, so it's a difficult <laughs> one. Um, yeah, just fire it in there or you know drop me drop me an email at danwarmsley79 at yahoo.com and then we can forward you a link or whatever. But yeah, any donations or shares or anything like that, or just nice comments. Really, it's kind of it's kind of um, kind of nice. I backed off social media for a bit because I realised that you know I had the positive run of things, which I still do occasionally, and I'll bring that back up again. And um, it's kind of nice being away. It was being away from that for a while because, you know, like anything you do in your pods and everything like that, it can absorb quite a lot of your life. And then when you step back, you can go, oh, I need to do this much with it. I don't have to put so much in. So it'd be nice to hear people's comments and, and yeah, and, and sort of share and just be out there and just get running people, bung on your running trainers, really, and go and go for a run. 100%. Well, look, I'll put the, uh, the Just Giving page in the pod notes and um we'll get it out there and see if we can bump up those those sponsors mate but thank you so much really appreciate it it's great to see you and i'm sure we'll hook up in the next week or so um and to the listeners thanks very much for checking in and listening to the evolve pod once again if you could write a review or share with a friend family or colleague i'd massively appreciate it to help get this content out to more and more people 
so yeah thanks dan we'll see you again and thanks everybody for listening we will bring you some more awesome content in a couple of weeks cheers everyone